The NFL just wrapped up the divisional round of the playoffs, locking in the matchups for the AFC and NFC championship games. Now, here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast, I will be giving you guys my thoughts on the divisional games, what stood out, and what I think you guys need to be looking at. All of that and much more coming up next on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Gen Fan Podcast. You guys can find me Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just now on YouTube. Just search the Next Gen Fan Podcast, and you guys can listen on there. Please remember to subscribe and rate and review the podcast. Always check Spotify if you have it, because I am constantly posting polls and questions going along with the episodes that I am posting. So, Enough of that. The division round, the first game on Saturday, Kansas City and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The game actually ended up being pretty close. And before I dive a little bit deeper into that, this episode is a little bit more different than what I have normally done. A lot of what I've done is obviously very commander's based, as this is a commander's podcast. Uh, with that being said, there is not too much commander's news right now, and I still wanted to react to the divisional round games, hence this episode coming out right now. So Diving back into that, 27-20 to 20 final score of this game, and you look at Jacksonville, a team who really, coming into the playoffs, was one of those surprise underdog teams, ended up beating the Chargers in the third largest comeback in NFL history, and going into Kansas City, you know, nobody's really giving them a shot, and for a good reason, the Kansas City Chiefs are an excellent football team, uh, but going in... I did not think this was going to be a close game, um, as I'm sure a lot of people. Uh, Kansas City is a really good football team. And as we we saw on on Saturday, they are a very well-coached football team. So is Jacksonville, though. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, first of all, that guy is a pretty good quarterback. He, he's definitely not in my, my top five, but I would say he's right outside of there. Definitely a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. This is a guy who can uh, move around the pocket, can make all those throws, uh, 24-39 on the day, 217 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. It was a really great pick by the Chiefs. Jalen Watson with the interception, a one-handed pick to really kind of seal the game. Uh, Jacksonville ended up turning the ball over late in the fourth quarter, uh, two times in three plays. With that being said, on their first drive, Jacksonville goes three and out. Uh, their offense looks pretty rusty and uh, uh, not not coordinated at all. Then you see KC, and they drive right down the field, score a touchdown. After that, this is when Jamal Agnew, who ended up fumbling later on a really key, key drive for the Jaguars, you see him get a 63-yard kick return. Uh, really impressive returns by Agnew. He had two on the day a 63-yarder, and then a 42-yarder, uh, one of the best kick returners in the NFL. So this sets up Jacksonville's second drive at the KC25. Really good field position for the Jaguars. They end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. And then you have the Mahomes injury. He end up getting a high ankle sprain, something that is a little more concerning for Chiefs fans uh, because of its tendency to kind of uh, linger around. With that being said, Mahomes ends up going out for a drive, and you see 
just the excellent coaching by Andy Reid, his quarterback, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, goes down with an injury. Their backup comes in, Chad Henney. They're backed up at their own two-yard line, and they go 98 yards, score touchdown. Chad Henney, 5-7 for 23 yards. A really impressive performance by KC. That is what good teams look like. You know, they lose their quarterback, best player on the team. He goes down, backup comes in, and they are well-coached enough to function well enough without him to be able to score a touchdown. Really excellent performance there. And then, you know, fast forward to about seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Jaguars are down late. Jamal Agnew, a 42-yard kick return. They're down by 10. Jacksonville begins the drive at their own 45-yard line. And eventually, Trevor Lawrence gets his team driving. First and goal at the KC9. And then he throws right on a first and nine to Agnew. Agnew catches the ball, turns up field, takes about a step or two. And then just the ball slips right out of his hands. Fumble, KC recovers a really key turnover just as the Jaguars were picking up momentum. And you look at the next drive, Lawrence throws a pick, a really good interception by Jalen Watson, the corner for the Kansas City Chiefs. A seventh round selection, if my memory serves. Uh, A really good play by him. And overall, that was the night for the Jaguars. I think they obviously played extremely well. But if you're a Jacksonville fan, you're kicking yourself because you could have won that game. You could have tied that game late in the fourth quarter, definitely given yourself a chance. Uh, I'm not sure how, obviously not sure how that would have played out. Mahomes definitely lacked some of his magic because of that injury. He was little inaccurate. He couldn't really plant his foot very well. But overall, a game that Jacksonville couldn't finish and Kansas City gets out of there with a win. Some other notes from that game. Isaiah Pacheco is insanely good. He is an excellent draft pick. Seventh round pick by the Chiefs. And really a good change of place player for them. Uh, Good just kind of a a hammer for the Chiefs at the running back position. And what a pickup he has been. 12 attempts for 95 yards for Isaiah Pacheco. And then Travis Kelsey. 17 attempts 14 receptions. What a crazy game for him. Even weirder, he didn't have 100 yards. Uh, 14 catches did not have 100 yards. He did, however, have two touchdowns on the day. Kadarius Toney is a guy who I loved coming out of Florida uh, back a few years ago. And he excels in this Andy Reid offense. Really unfortunate, I mean, for the Giants. I'm glad the Giants did not do not have Tony anymore. Because that guy is a dynamic player in the right offense. But he really had a great performance. And then on on defense for Jacksonville. And now I'm not sure whether you know guys like Andre Sisco or Rayshon Jenkins. Or obviously Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick. What those guys are going to develop into. But they really need a, a playmaker or two on that defense. You know, someone who has the ability to go wreck a game. Josh Allen just is not the guy. I don't think he really did not have a a very good performance in that game. Uh, With that being said, moving on to the Giants-Eagles game. And this is a game I was really excited for. I thought this game would be a lot closer. It was not at all. The Eagles throttled the Giants 38-7. 268 total yards on the ground for Philly. They just ran the football and 
that that was all they needed to do. They did not have to really go too deep into the playbook because the Giants couldn't stop the run. It, it was really simple. Uh, the second half, they did not need to throw the ball at all. Jalen Hurts only threw the ball seven times in the second half because they just pounded the football. The run game for the Giants was completely nullified. Only 118 yards on the ground. And you look at a, this Philadelphia team who is so well built everywhere you look. And Saquon Barkley, nine attempts, 61 yards. Daniel Jones, a guy who has succeeded in running the football in this Brian Dable offense, six carries, 24 yards. So you look at this team for the Giants, a team who we knew did not have all the talent that you know good playoff teams do, a team that went in against a, a Minnesota team that had a really lackluster defense it was able to get out with a win, you know, goes up against a, a really good team in Philadelphia who finally got back to what they looked like earlier in the season. Still an excellent season performance by the Giants. First-year head coach Brian Dable. That's a win in, in any coach's book, not only to get the division round, but in his first year. Uh, just goes to show you that, you know, it can be done the first year. Unlike what we've heard from Ron Rivera, you know, who's like year three, which ended up being a really not great year for the commanders. But with that being said, you hear Ron Rivera he was, all he was preaching was year three, year three, year three. And you see other guys who are getting it done in their first year. Look at Mike McDaniel. His team got to the playoffs, almost beat the Bills. We're going to get to in a moment with Skylar Thompson. Uh, first-year head coach Brian Dable getting his team to the divisional round. So look out for the Giants when they get some good talent, some good weapons, and and really get some some better, better players back in the secondary. They are going to be a, a really good team because they have an excellent head coach in Brian Dable. Now, moving on to the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. This was a game that was really highly anticipated. Obviously, this game was cut short due to the uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, injury. A a really poor performance by Buffalo. Uh, they, led an egg, they, they laid an egg, and this is just... If you are the Bills, and I, I know that... Getting to the division round, at least for us, Washington, that would be that would have been crazy for us. But I, I've seen Bills fans who are, you know, talking about how my uh, their head coach is Sean McDermott, his job might be in jeopardy. Uh, you know, talking about the the shortcomings of Josh Allen. And yeah, this is a guy who, again, I I said the interceptions were gonna we're gonna take a toll. He threw a pick in that game and it was costly. But you know, you have one of the best quarterbacks in football, and Josh Allen, Bills fans. Uh, we know what it's like to have poor quarterback play in Washington. And your your head coach, Sean, Dermott, Sean McDermott, uh, that, that's a pretty good guy right there too. So just because your team failed in the division round doesn't mean you guys need to start, you know, blowing things up. But I, I think for the Bills, most importantly, is you need to figure out what exactly is causing this. Is this the fact that you are not running an effective scheme on offense to get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands and into the playmakers. Is this because the Bengals are just a better team than you and you got, you know, you, you just got beat by a better team for the bills. You, you got to figure out your run game was non-existent. You look at their rushing attack. Josh Allen led their team in rushing yards with 26, eight attempts, 26 yards, 
Devin Singletary, six carries, 24 yards. James Cook, five carries, 13 yards. You need to figure that running game out because that is unacceptable for a team that was called a Super Bowl favorite. This has been something the Bills have struggled with for a very long time. And if you can get that run game figured out, get less off of Josh Allen, who I think is, I personally do not really, I'm not a huge fan of the way he takes a lot of shots and, you know, runs the football around because I, I don't, I, I know that stuff will add up to on, on his body. But if you can get that run game figured out, then you have a really good chance of continuing to give Josh Allen better opportunities where, you know, maybe you can set some other stuff up because right now defenses aren't really concerned about the run from, from Buffalo. Joe Burrow, uh, he continues to perform and really be one of the best quarterbacks in football. If it's not Mahomes, it's Burrow. 23 of 36, 242, two touchdowns. And this guy is just insanely accurate. Uh, Look at guys like, obviously, Jamar Chase. He had a great game. Five receptions, 61 yards, a touchdown. Hayden Hurst, who was a former Atlanta Falcon, five receptions on six targets, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Their run game, led by Joe Mixon and former commander uh, Samaje Pirine. Mixon, 105 yards. Pirine, 33 yards. Mixon had a touchdown. Overall, a really good performance by the Bengals. And again, if you're Buffalo, you have to find a way to get that run game going. Only 63 total yards on the game. Really poor performance there. The Bills were 4 of 12 on third down, 2 of 3 on fourth down, whereas the Bengals were 6 of 10 on third down. Uh, just really, obviously, that their down percentage isn't good. You don't have an ex, a really good chance of, of winning that game. But obviously, we look here and it ended up costing the Bills. Again, I, I think it's if you can fix the run game for Buffalo, and I've said that a bunch getting all of that off Josh Allen's plate because I think you're you're giving him too much to do and I think you need to really simplify things for him to make sure he he's making the right reads so he's not throwing as many interceptions. Now, moving on to the final game, the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Niners beat the Cowboys 12 or 19 to 12. This was a defensive game. Not a lot of, you know, flash and dazzle plays. Uh Purdy really kind of a game manager, game manager. What we've seen from him throughout the season, I think if you're the Cowboys, you got to be really concerned with Dak Prescott. His cap next year jumps up to around forty million dollars. The dead cap, if you release the next season, is upwards of ninety million dollars. So that's not an option. But this is a guy who one week, week eighteen against Washington, looked horrendous. Then you look at the wild card round. Guy threw five touchdowns. Now you go to the divisional round, and this guy threw two picks, one touchdown, 206 total yards, 23 of 37. Both those picks were really bad interceptions. He almost threw a third on their final drive before that disastrous final play. If you're Dallas, you've got to be really concerned about your quarterback. Uh, they just gave him an extension, and, and it things are really starting to fall apart for Dak Prescott. He missed a major part of the season, and yet he still threw around 13 to 15 interceptions. And again, you're Dallas. That Amari Cooper trade really hurt them 
because they gave, yeah, while, while CeeDee Lamb did have a bunch of yards, you know, 1,300 yards, you need, Dak Prescott still needed that that other option. And once Tony Pollard went down, they were really struggling on offense. Ezekiel Elliott had 10 carries for 26 yards. Tony Pollard, 6 carries, 22 yards. Dak Prescott, again, through those two picks. CeeDee Lamb had 13 targets, 10 receptions, 117 yards. So a good game for him. Dalton Schultz, 5 receptions on 10 targets, 27 yards, and he had a touchdown. But again, overall, you got to be able to find that balance with Dak Prescott because this is not the option if you're Dallas. Then you look at Brett Maher. He had a field goal or a extra point that was blocked. And now you look at that final play. The Cowboys ended up moving all their offensive linemen out wide. Zeke was the only offensive lineman. He was the center center uh, snapping the football and really a unique play and again if I'm a Dallas fan I you got to be angry at that I understand I mean a final play you you don't really have much of a shot you know Hail Mary wise from that distance they were really backed up in their own area so what you got to do is you got to do some sort of a you know fumble risky uh toss back play and I understand it looks like they're trying to get the ball. So Kevonte Turpin runs about a 10-yard curl route, and he gets thrown the ball. The problem is, once he catches it, he is immediately tackled. So, again, I one the, could the option have been, you know, Turpin catches the ball immediately, chucks it to Elliott, and then they, they go from there? Maybe. Uh, could it be he, he tosses it back to one of the receivers behind him? That's also an option. I, I think that that's still a, a really weird play. I think of when the Miami Dolphins got against the Patriots, and obviously, you know, those plays don't have a high percentage of completion, but you look at the Dolphins got that ball downfield quickly, all right? Ryan Tannehill got the ball of his hands quickly, and it was into the receivers, and then they started doing their own thing. I think that's what you got to do. You got to throw that ball deep downfield and try and get as many yards as you can, all right, while still having an opportunity to toss back to some players, and one thing, Ezekiel Elliott got destroyed once he snapped the football, so he was completely out of the play. And then once Turpin caught the ball, he was immediately tackled. So, really an interesting play there. Uh, one of the 49ers players at the end said that Dak Prescott really struggles against zone coverage, which, if you are a Cowboys fan, really concerns you because NFL defenses run zone coverage all the time, uh, definitely over 50% of the time. So, overall, I think that this game, if you are the 49ers, at least for me, I never thought Dallas had a chance in this game. Really expected the 49ers to be a little bit more dominant, but their defense came through, held Dallas at 12 points, and overall, if you are the Cowboys, you got to be scratching your head uh, wondering what exactly that final play was. All right, that's all for me. Once again, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Next Gen Fan Podcast. If you have not subscribed to the podcast or on YouTube, you guys can do that. I really appreciate it. The link to the YouTube channel will be down in the description. As always, I really appreciate it if you guys would rate and review. I really appreciate reading all of the reviews and what you guys have to say. If you have a question you would like answered, you guys can send me a voice message. That link will also be down in the description. And that's all I got, guys. I salute our armed forces, firefighters, peace officers, and emergency personnel. God bless you and God bless America.